Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio, where each day our faithful spiritual directors help us along the next few steps in our ongoing journey of faith with the Lord. My name is Patrick Conley. Glad to be with you. I'm in for Josh Raymond today. And the local show I host for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis is called Practicing Catholic. You can check out some great podcasted interviews we have for that show. They're even grouped by topic there on our show's website. It's practicingcatholicshow.com if you'd like to give that a listen. Well, speaking of practicing Catholics, today here on The Inner Life, we're going to explore a particular practice of prayer and devotion that has had a profound effect on the spiritual lives of many practicing Catholics, one that many would point to as actually having a central role in their relationship with the Lord growing deeper and deeper. Today here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about Eucharistic adoration. And here to guide us in our discussion, and again, speaking of the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, our spiritual director for today is Father Tom Wilson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis and the pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Father Wilson, a pleasure to be doing the show with you again. Welcome. Uh, it's great to be back with you again, Patrick. And good, uh, good to be talking, and wonderful opportunity to talk about the gift of adoration in the life. The gift of, the of adoration, indeed. And one of the things I've noticed, Father, it seems like everybody has their own story about. I mean, if they're involved with adoration to any degree, they have their own story about how they came to really love it, how they came to um, to be to see that as one of the staple ways that they move forward in in their faith and devotion. So maybe. If you don't mind, Father, let's just start on the personal realm. What's been your experience of Eucharistic adoration? Uh, thanks for asking that, Patrick. And I do think that we all have we all have some type of experience that invites us into it. Uh, I would say that for me, uh, one of the things I Eucharistic adoration, certainly in the perpetual adoration format, was. Uh, more of an idea than a lived experience. Uh, before I was ordained, I wasn't involved in a parish that uh, that had um, perpetual adoration. Uh, then I um, was assigned to a to a parish in the Archdiocese, uh, Epiphany in Coon Rapids, that had a long-established chapel, probably at least 10 years or so when I was uh, assigned there in, in 1996. And I, I quickly signed up for uh, for an hour uh, in the early early morning hours uh, once once a week and it uh, was very very fulfilling it was an enriching time of, of prayer uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the years uh, Patrick is that uh, 
nobody asks for appointments at 3 a.m. They never do. <laughs> and and so so the appointment becomes with Jesus at 3 a.m. On, on, on Wednesdays. And uh, for all practical purposes, it's been that way for uh, my entire 25 years as a, as a priest with a couple of a couple of gaps and assignment transitions and, and that sort of thing. Uh, but one of the things I really learned about uh, the gift of, of perpetual adoration and our ability to uh, to draw people uh, and to create confidence in around-the-clock prayer uh, came as a very new priest and uh, there was a, a large, wonderful, very prayerful and faithful uh, Protestant church in the in the area that was trying to uh, establish, uh, I believe that they called it, um, a constant vigil of prayer in which they would have people uh, signing up for for hours of time around the clock to uh, to pray for the needs of their community, our community, the country, and 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 all those sorts of things. And they were they were really struggling to do it. And so they um, some of the leaders of that from their church uh, came and talked to some of the coordinators and and leaders and organizers of, of our chapel, and they. And they they asked, you know, how do you do this? How do you get several hundred people uh, to sign up? Many of them, you know, in in the middle of the night uh, to to come and to and to pray at your church. And the uh, in the, the the faithful simplicity of the team leading the chapel, they said, because we have Jesus here, we have Jesus here in in the Eucharist, and uh, that is always that is always attractive, and and so people respond, and they are willing to uh, to sacrifice time in the in the middle of the night to uh, to be with Jesus, but also to uh, be praying for the various needs of of their families, their communities, and our our world and our and our church. And and so I think that um, that that inherent understanding of of Jesus present in the Eucharist allows us to. Uh, to do something that is it's unique in the Christian world in in churches that don't have uh, our understanding of of the Eucharistic presence of of Jesus uh, it's very very difficult to get those things started and um, I have been grateful for the gift of adoration it has uh, and when I encourage it in in people uh, through uh, spiritual conversation and, and and that sort of thing. The way I the way I will describe it to to people is that uh, it becomes the anchor of our prayer. It's like mm-hmm. you know what, no matter what else happens in in the week, no matter how chaotic it is, no matter how distracted we may have become in various things, we've got that hour to. Uh, uh, to get us back and and retethered to to, to Jesus uh, in our time with Him in the in the Blessed Sacrament, and that's really um, and for me uh, that that really has been the that's been the heart of it is is it's a it's a place to uh, to to return to that anchor, uh, you know, despite the 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 scheduling, despite the busyness, despite uh, the the challenges that go from day to day and and, and week to week, uh, that is a spot that is uh, uh, functionally uninterrupted uh, with with me and Jesus, and and it really is a a gift, uh, I think, not only to me, but I think to everyone else who uh, chooses to take that sacrificial hour in a chapel. 
Right, right. And to give to give that hour has had profound effects on people's lives. I know, as you were just saying, uh, Father, as you've seen it happen and I've seen it happen both in my own life as well as in the lives of people around me. But let's be honest, that it's, it's not something that is necessarily uh, at the central of everyone's practice. Some people uh, may find it incredibly difficult to make a holy hour or to, you know, sit with the Blessed Sacrament, especially as you kind of hinted at there, Father, especially if it happens to be in the middle of the night, it, it might be uh, quite the challenge um, to sit with the Blessed Sacrament for, for that amount of time. Um, so I'm going to throw the question first to our listeners. Thank you for joining us today here on The Inner Life. We're talking about Eucharistic adoration. If you are a regular adorer, if you have had uh, experiences in Eucharistic adoration and the Lord has met you in some pretty solid way, uh, if he has not necessarily mystic or miraculous, but rather if he has strengthened your faith over the course of time and the devotions that you have spent in the Adoration Chapel, uh, if you have uh, been definitely touched by the Lord in some way, if it has uh, deepened your prayer life, if it has developed the intimacy that you share with the Lord, Please call, uh, join the conversation. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this and let's unpack it a bit. Our phone number here at the Inner Life is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. 888-914-9149, or you can also send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father, uh, just thinking about this, and uh, perhaps you have had people come to you and express maybe maybe a little bit of reticence about uh, even taking on a holy hour, especially, let's say, in this day and age, attention spans are, are not very long, and uh, there's... Quite frankly, there's not a lot going on in the in the visual realm anyway when we go to adoration. So what maybe would be some opening words of advice you would say to somebody who's just trying out adoration for the first time? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question and it's probably the the greatest fear that people have of of committing to an hour of adoration is is essentially what in the world am I going to do for an hour? You know, I never, I never sit for an hour straight in my, uh, in my life unless I'm watching television or something like that. And and so the first thing I always say, Patrick, to to people who are uh, entering adoration, contemplating doing it, is the the first and most important thing is to pray as you can, not as you can't. Uh, you know, we can we can sometimes get um, uh, get caught up in you know mystical theology, and you know we're we're reading about um, you know miraculous encounters between the saints and Jesus, and 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 things like that, and and that can that can be a little bit that can be a little bit intimidating. Um, you know, some people are some people are very uh, very comfortable. Uh, picking up a Bible and and uh, and opening it up and uh, trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to take them uh, exactly to the spot where God wants to communicate with them and and, and read it. Uh, some people are some people are not. Um, you know, some people are are very comfortable praying the Rosary. Uh, some people maybe struggle with it a bit. Uh, the the whole point is to uh, the whole point is to to find a way. Uh, to pray uh, that that fits you in your in your situation right now. You know, I think I think we're all called to we're all called to deeper prayer. We might be called to 
um, uh, prayer that goes goes further in our heart, uh, prayer that might uh, require a little bit more mental concentration and things like that. Those things actually develop over time, um, but as we start, the the first and most important thing is to uh, is to pray as we can, not as not as we can't. And I would say for 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 most people, maybe maybe dividing up that hour into ten or fifteen minute segments and say, okay, I'll do the rosary for fifteen minutes. I'll, I'll read and, and, and meditate perhaps on the readings of the day for 15 minutes. I'll try to have um, uh, intimate conversation for the Lord for, for, for 15 minutes. And, you know, um, uh, uh, God bless you if you're able uh, to, to then try to try to sit in as quiet a place as you can with the Lord and try to try to listen to him and to, and to receive uh, what he's trying to give you in that in that period of prayer. Uh, but but dividing up, dividing it up into segments, I think, probably uh, helps a lot of people so that, um, you know, even even now in my in my current holy hour, Patrick, I'll do uh, I'll do a portion of my liturgy of the hours for the day. Um, I will uh, I'll have some spiritual reading where I'll I'll, I'll read um, uh, maybe for ten minutes or so, and then and then try to meditate on that spiritual reading and do do different things during that holy hour in order to um, to, to manage the time and to and and to hopefully lessen the the, the stress or tension on on getting distracted or not worrying about doing it right. There's no right. wrong way to adore Jesus. Right. Amen to that. Yeah. Great. Yeah, yeah, great words of advice, Father, and and I love that. Pray as you can, not as you can't. It makes a lot of sense to me, and and certainly that sort of advice is what made it really connect with me. If you have a, a suggestion or advice for how people can go about adoration if they're just starting out, give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine eight 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 nine one four. Nine one four nine. Let's uh, actually take a phone call. We've got Patrice, who's calling in from Gilbert, Arizona. Patrice, welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, thank you. Absolutely. What can we What can we do for you today, Patrice? Uh, well, I'm calling in response to your call to those who uh, tend who who make Eucharistic adoration at least an hour a week, and I started um, telling the person on the phone that. I was at Mass, and I was, it was time for communion, and I was getting up, and I was, I had a, a, a <clears throat> crisis of conscience, didn't know whether I should receive communion or not. I had been, but felt for my own reasons, maybe I shouldn't be. I won't get into that, but, so I got up, I'm very anxious, I didn't know, go forward, I was relying on God, and I heard the message from my Lord, come spend some time with me. And I took that to mean, come do Eucharistic adoration. <clears throat> so that's how I got started. And um, four or five years ago, and I've gotten more dedicated, more, more, I can't live without it now. Uh, I feel empty if I don't go. Um, it's just been miraculous. Yeah. Just well, thank you, Patrice. It can uh, can you tell us um, how how you've grown in that in those years since you started? It's a it's a wonderful response to the uh, to the Lord's invitation into the quiet of your heart. Uh, but I think what you what you share with us is a common theme among people who uh, you know whether they're um, 
you know whether they on, whether they onboard into adoration, um, you know, full speed ahead, or maybe maybe a little bit softer, like like you did with a with a quiet prompt from the Lord. Um, people grow in it, and can you can you tell us a little bit about how you how you've grown? Absolutely, uh, by leaps and bounds. Um, I'm a different person entirely. I was getting there; it was slow going. But since, um, it's just been, um, all right, so a solid, concrete example. Um, Gosh, I have so many of them. Things that I used to watch, I have no interest in anymore. Just the regular TV shows and everything. um, um, He's lifted my senses to be more spiritual. I have um, had... The Holy Spirit helps me to discern. And when I'm reading the Gospel, when I'm reading the Old Testament, I'm on the Bible in a Year um, track, and uh, it's my homework from heaven. Um, I've gotten so close to Mother Mary since March 2020, and that was a definite day where I felt the Lord telling me, giving me over and introducing me to Mother Mary. Even though I was Catholic since birth, (laughs) practically, um, and I know of Mother Mary, but I never felt any particular closeness because I had a mother. I have a mother. And uh, he introduced me to her and, and I said the rosary of her sins. I mean, leaps and bounds. Well, great. Thanks, thanks, Patrice. That's a that is a a great description of of uh, the fruits of adoration that they um, it, it leads us into. Um, Simplification and, and and purification of our senses, as you as you described, and just um, really altering the altering the perspective of of our hearts to uh, to be more oriented towards towards Jesus and uh, and and really giving us a a sense of the things in our life that are that are not leading us in that in that direction. So uh, thank you very much for for sharing with that. Uh, with that, Patrice. Yeah, thank you, Patrice. And a great, a great testimony to exactly some of the ways that the Lord has really drawn you into the faith through the practice of Eucharistic adoration. Our spiritual director t- today here on The Inner Life is Father Tom Wilson, pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, and we're talking about Eucharistic adoration. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, more conversation with you and with Father Wilson about adoration. We'll be right back. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Yeah, welcome back to The Inner Life. A little bit of lounge-ish type music, I guess that's uh, playing there for us. Is for, I'm not sure if that's tied in with our topic or not, Nick, Nick so uh, and our producer Nick Sendovich uh, picking out some new bump music, and we are talking today about Eucharistic adoration and the profound effect that it has on many, many Catholics' lives that it has had and it continues to have as we sit in the presence of the Lord and he meets us there in the Adoration Chapel. Uh, and our our uh, spiritual director for today is Father Tom Wilson, pastor of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. And Father Wilson, we've got a number of calls uh, stacking up here, which is fantastic. A lot of people want to share their adoration stories. But I did want to go back to, uh, you were you were 
starting to talk about ways that if people are just wondering how to get involved in adoration, what they might do. And I wanted to follow up with that and ask any suggestions for uh, resources that people can take into adoration with them? You mentioned Liturgy of the Hours. You do a portion of that uh, during your adoration time, spiritual reading, uh, scripture, things like that. Anything in particular you would guide people towards? Uh, yes, there's a there's a number of uh, there's a number of works that are actually uh, designed uh, specifically for praying in front of the in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Um, uh, a couple that I would highlight are um, uh, meditations on the Eucharist by by Saint John Vianney. Um, excellent, excellent work of, of of short meditations on on Jesus' presence in the in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, Father Benedict Groeschel, many people uh, uh, knew him uh, or read or heard his talks on on uh, tapes or on EWTN or whatever sure. over the years. Uh, wrote uh, prayers in the presence of of our Lord. Uh, again, uh, written very very specifically for. Uh, for times of prayer in front of uh, in front of uh, the exposed blessed sacrament and eucharistic adoration um, one that i'm actually reading right now that i that i really like is uh, is a book called uh, by father john hampsh called the healing power of of the eucharist um, father hampsh was a a priest with a with a gift of healing uh, and that he that he shared through his entire lifetime, but um, but really came to realize uh, in his in his own ministry and service of healing, of the, the the healing power that Jesus brings to us in his uh, presence in the Eucharist. And these are um, uh, these are some prayers and and um, uh, background on on that. Um, I also like uh, uh, anything by Father Romano Guardini in the in his spiritual spiritual realm is 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 outstanding, and he does a wonderful job of of a, of um, putting it in language that that normal people can understand. Um, some theologians don't necessarily do that, but but uh, Father Guardini was great at doing that, and it's called uh, preparing or preparing yourself for Mass, and I believe that's probably still in print through Sophia Press. They're they're great at uh, making making some of these classics uh, available. So those are uh, those are just a handful of of outstanding. Um, uh, places to begin uh, prayer and meditation in in front of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, they're 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 designed to to help us build our intimacy with the Lord. They're also designed to help us build our faith and trust in Jesus, uh, truly being present there in the in the Blessed Sacrament as well. And so there's there there are multifold um, uh, fruits that that come out of that. But um, you know, even Saint Teresa of Avila, uh, one of the greatest mystics in the in in the life of the Church, uh, who had profound, intimate encounters with the uh, with the Lord, uh, talked of her holy hours. Um, you know, because because there can be a temptation that says, "Well, I'm just supposed to plunk myself in front of in front of the Blessed Sacrament, and and all this stuff is going to happen." Uh, but even even Saint Teresa said. Uh, when you're going in there, you bring the book with you. Bring, <laughs> bring, bring, bring the book with you. Um, yeah. You don't, you don't necessarily want to be reading it for 60 minutes straight. Right. But things that will help prompt your heart, prompt your mind uh, to to go to go deeper with the Lord. Uh, and those are those are some su- 
suggestions, and there, um, any good Catholic bookstore is going to have going to have a lot of different um, uh, different resources for uh, for prayer in holy hours and in adoration. Great suggestions, Father. Father Tom Wilson of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, is our spiritual director today as we're speaking about Eucharistic adoration. Let's take a phone call, Father. We've got Jane, who's calling in from Ship Bottom, New Jersey. Jane, welcome to The Inner Life. Hello. Thank you. Uh, my story is that um, we, my mother had a situation where she was losing her eyesight, and it happened quite suddenly. So she went to a doctor in Philadelphia, and it happened to be a time that there was a convention of eye surgeons in Philadelphia, and they all examined her and came up with the same conclusion that it was it looked as though it was permanent loss of eyesight. So she knew that I was attending adoration, and she asked if I would please put her um, on my prayer list. So I did. And about uh, a few days later, she called me and she said, I, I'm beginning to see light. Keep praying. So I did. And ultimately, her, her sight was restored 100%. Hmm. And she is a good Catholic mother, and she um, introduced me to retreats. And I you know, thank her, and I'm so very grateful for that. Thanks for sharing. Uh, that's a that's a wonderful, very very specific uh, fruit of 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 adoration, and um, uh, to to be very very honest, it's also a fruit of the trust that both you and your mother have of uh, Jesus uh, intervening very directly in our lives. He he wants to do that, and and that's a that's a demonstration, I think, of the healing power that Jesus shows us in the Blessed Sacrament as you prayed before Him. You know, asking for this healing for for your mother and her uh, her faithfulness in even bringing the the suggestion to you and to him, and the uh, and the fruit that came out of that. So, uh, thank you. You're 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 both walking uh, testimonies of of the healing power of the Lord in the Eucharist. Yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, Father? That uh, when we're talking specifically about adoration and meeting with the Lord. Uh, he is right there, present to us in that time. Um, you do have a, a bit of an experience, I suppose, not unlike the people who, when you know, when he was uh, in human form, walking around two thousand years ago in the Holy Land. Uh, yeah, you're never quite sure. So he may perform a healing. He may, uh, well, I suppose he'll always perform a healing, either physical, but it might be a spiritual healing as well that's drawing you closer to him. There might be teaching. There might be uh, admonition. There might be encouragement. Uh, all sorts of experiences you might have in his presence, yeah? Exactly. Any way, any way that we can relate to the Lord, um, he will relate to us in, in our time of prayer and adoration. So, yep, any, any, of, those, any of those things can, uh, can happen, and um, I think that uh, uh, it's to be expected that the closer we get to the Lord, um, uh, the more we're going to learn about him and about ourselves. And, uh, you know, some of those things are, are, are joyful and, and comfortable. Some of them might be a little less comfortable, but they are uh, revealed to us in our, in our self-awareness and our awareness of the Lord uh, precisely to allow us to, to grow in him. Right. Well, Jane, thank you for the for the great story about uh, about the healing that Jesus brought about in and through your commitment to him in in Eucharistic adoration. Let's go from Jane from New Jersey to Dana who's calling in from Roseville, California. Dana, welcome to the Inner Life. 
Hi, good morning. Um, I wanted to share a really amazing experience that I had a couple of years ago. I had the pleasure of being invited to join a group of seven women to do what's called the Seven Sisters Apostolate. And it's basically a commitment to pray for your parish priest every single day um, for one year. And so each woman um, would take one day of the week and pray, and you would go in front of the Blessed Sacrament and just spend that hour uh, before our Lord lifting up your parish priest. And it was just such a blessed time. Um, Because it was a commitment, it really drew me into making sure that I made the hour um, because that was uh, my commitment. And um, I prayed the rosary each time. And when I was there, I started feeling, you know, God really talking to me about um, lifting up our priests with the um, seven lively virtues to fight against the seven deadly sins. So we went ahead and each took one of those virtues to pray for specifically each of the seven days of the week. And then we, pardon me, And then uh, we went ahead and um, just did our own one-on-one time with God. And the the last part that was really special is he has a, our parish priest has a special devotion to St. John Vianney and a special devotion to St. Bernadette. And I just started asking saints to join me in each of those decades um, that I was praying in the rosary. And then um, once I got into that quiet place with God and praying and lifting up our um, pastor, then I was able to really um, have that quiet interaction with God that adoration promises when we give him that time. So it's just such a beautiful experience. And we, we did it for that year. And I just know God blessed it and graced it in really ways we probably won't even know, but I can see the fruit of it. Um, so the power of that to approach adoration as a gift um, for another, like the previous caller going before for the gift of that healing for her mother. There's just so much goodness in that time, and God just blesses it so much. So I just want to share that and encourage people to really bring our priests um, into adoration because they just need that joy and um, strength um, bolstered in them through our prayers because they bring us the Eucharist without them. I don't know how we do this world, so I'm just so deeply grateful in my heart for that time and for all that our priests do for us. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. And on behalf of all the priests, uh, myself included, who uh, benefit from the fruits of prayers of the seven sisters, very grateful for the, the the time and the and the commitment that you uh, that you put in for praying for our uh, for our vocations and um, for for those that might not be completely familiar with Seven Sisters, uh, it's actually a very very quiet uh, it's a very quiet ministry. Um, most most priests don't even know who the um, uh, who the women are that are praying for them. And it's a, it, it really is a, it's a, it's a grace for us and it's, uh, it's palpable and, uh, taking advantage of being in front of the blessed sacrament to pray for those particular needs of, of, of the priest and his, uh, service and ministry are a great gift to, uh, not just the, not just the priest individually, but to the, to the life of the church. 
you know, one of the things that you said, Dana, uh, about your, um, your your praying of the of the of the rosary uh, and inviting the saints in to pray with you, I think that that's a that's a beautiful thing, and it and it expresses something uh, that is sometimes underappreciated about the Eucharist. It, the Eucharist is what brings us together, okay? The Eucharist, the celebration of the Mass, and the presence of the Eucharist brings us together, um, uh, obviously both physically as we gather for it, uh, but it also brings us together spiritually, uh, past, future, and, and, and present. And so for you to uh, invite the the treasure of the Church and the, and the history and the beauty of of lives lived for Christ and the, and the saints into that prayer with you um, is just a, it's allowing you to even go uh, one step further into uh, the 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 life of the the life of the church through um, that um, uh, invitation to the saints for for intercession. So uh, thank you very much. Thanks for your commitment to to prayer uh, for priests and uh, your your open heart to to Jesus present in the Blessed Sacrament. Indeed. Thank you, Dana. Thank you for sharing that uh, wonderful story of praying for your parish priest. Just a few resources online for those who might be interested. Seven Sisters Apostolate, you can find out more about that at sevensistersapostolate.org. And then also, uh, one of the resources, one of the many resources you talked about, Father Wilson, uh, in, in helps and books that you might want to take into the Adoration Chapel with you, Preparing Yourself for Mass, by Father Romano Gardini. That is now tweeted out on our Inner Life Show uh, tweet account, Twitter account. So that's at Inner Life Show, and you'll find it in the user, Josh Raymond. My name is Patrick Conley, and I'm in for Josh Raymond today. And uh, let's go, let's take another phone call, Father. We've got Melanie, who's calling in from Madison, Wisconsin. Melanie, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you so much. It's such a joy to talk about adoration. Um, because like some other callers, I've just had some experiences that have really changed my life. And I started going um, in college in Madison. There's a really lovely um, adoration chapel there in the cathedral downtown. And um, at the time, I was not living a very holy life. And God always met me where I was at. And I went through stage four ca- cancer with my mom, who was healed. Um, severe mental illness struggles for my sister who in that moment was healed and still needs healing. And and I pray for her often in adoration. Um, But probably the most poignant experience that I had was when I started dating my husband. And for a number of of reasons, I was sure that this was a man that I had been praying for, for, oh, I think maybe 12 or 13 years. And we went through a period of prayer and fasting to, you know, figure out if we should be married and and it came to the last day and I was waiting to hear from him and that by the time I was headed home from work I hadn't and I was really sad and crying on the way home I thought maybe not only this wasn't going to work out but my faith was shaken because I'd been so sure so I went straight to adoration and this overwhelming sense of peace came over me um, and in each of these circumstances when I've had these these sort of uh, prayers, really personal prayers, be answered. I can remember so clearly exactly um, what it looked like sitting in front of the host. And so I left, I journaled, and I actually sent him a message and said, you know what, it's going to be okay. But he was already at my apartment waiting for me with flowers, and we've been married already five years. Um, Back and forth to adoration, 
we had a miracle baby. We have lost four others. But God's been with us every step of the way. So I just encourage people to go. It's rare um, with a young child that I can stay a full hour. I often, I, I can't, but I still try to go every day. I think the world needs us to go. We need to fill the Adoration Chapel. We need churches to build more Adoration Chapels uh, for healing more broadly. Wonderful. Thank you, Melanie. That's that's uh, uh, that's a powerful witness to uh, the the gift of the Blessed Sacrament and the the gift of Jesus present to us in you know times of times of uncertainty, maybe times of of, of disappointment. I, I noticed that at the uh, at the beginning of your of your witness, Melanie, you 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 self admitted that um, you you were probably at a, at a at a time in your life when uh, your your focus on the Lord might not have been as as thorough as it is now, uh, and yet your presence in front of the Lord uh, was only love, and uh, that is definitely a, a, a gift and and fruit of of being in the presence of of our lord he invites us he invites us to him he uh even in our imperfections even in our sins he invites us he invites us to to get nearer and nearer to him precisely so that he can make his grace available for us to uh to overcome those those things that are uh weighing us down you know in our in our own uh, fallen nature and uh, sinful choices and and all of that, but the the beginning of that conversion, if you will, is always a a recognition of uh, the unending uh, and never ending power of of the Lord's love, and so we 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 put ourselves into into that holy presence, and and he he invites us. Uh, uh, deeper and deeper, uh, beginning with love, and uh, that's that is an important. It's a very important thing, I think, in a in a world that's that's really it's floundering in sin. There's there's just no other way to uh, to to describe it. Uh, the way that that is overcome is not uh, not by our our willpower, but it's uh it's it's our humility and and trust in uh, the presence of the Lord and putting ourselves uh, in in the midst of him in the, in that presence in, in the Eucharist. So, uh, thank you very much for, for, for sharing that and your, uh, your own growth, uh, in, in the Lord and the, and the fruits that, um, you've experienced, uh, with him in, in adoration. Such great words of testimony that we've been receiving. If you have some testimony as to how the Lord has met you in Eucharistic Adoration, please do give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're speaking about Eucharistic Adoration, meeting the Lord there in His Eucharistic presence with our spiritual director, Father Tom Wilson of All Saints Catholic Church in Lakeville, Minnesota. We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Back to the inner life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. In for Josh Raymond. My thanks to our producer Nick Sentovich and Thomas Engeser is taking the phone calls today. Thank you for uh, well fielding those, Thomas, and also uh, thank you for all our listeners who have been calling in. Well, Father Wilson, we've uh, we've had quite the conversation. We are having quite the conversation in and around Eucharistic adoration, and I guess it just stands to reason uh, once again that uh, yeah, we encounter the Lord there in 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 that place. 
And I think uh, maybe one of the things that we might want to investigate a little bit is, um, you know, we've we've heard we've heard some some profound things from people as they call in. But um, what would you say about expectations? Taking expectations into adoration with you is that a good thing, or is is it uh, best left to leave them outside the door? That is a very good question, Patrick. And I think that uh, depending on uh, the nature of the expectation and who's driving the expectation would uh, would uh, determine kind of the answer to that. I do believe that um, the Lord the Lord wants us to expect His presence. He wants us to expect uh, His His love. Um, I also I also believe uh, wholeheartedly uh, that. He he desires for us to to know uh, his presence and, and and his love on on his terms and not necessarily ours. And I think that when you know when when we use the term expectations, uh, it's it's often uh, me imposing on you. Uh, and so I don't think that we want to walk into adoration or 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 any other form of prayer. Uh, making demands of Jesus, right? Mm. I, I think I probably have done that uh, in my life. I think probably all of us yeah. have yeah. in some in some capacity. Uh, but I also think one of the one of the fruits of of a growing prayer life is to uh, to recognize that that um, the Lord is smarter than we are. I mean, and and so. Uh, are putting ourselves into his plan and his idea uh, is going to be better than anything we can come up with ourselves. And so if we're walking in saying, Lord, do A, B, and C for me, because that's really what you should be doing, um, is it's, it, it's not really humble uh, and you know, and he he wants us to bring our needs to him, and I don't think we should we should not do that or or uh, whatever. Uh, but we also we also need to to trust that he is going to respond to us uh, in a way that is in a way that's best. Mm-hmm. And so um, the expectation should be that we know the Lord's presence, that we experience His love, uh, that He will listen to us. Uh, but I think we have to be very, very careful to uh, to to not demand and and become, you know, the 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 general manager of grace distribution by um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's not right. our that's 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 not our job. And and I think that and I do think that again, Patrick. One of the one of the fruits with with all of this is that our presence with Jesus. Our openness and our honesty with Jesus helps us to grow in our trust of Jesus and allows us to to go in and say, Lord, there are many, many needs here. Please respond to them in a way that you uh that only you can and and that will be will be best. And we can trust in that. Uh even if even if we're tempted to say Make it happen tomorrow, or or whatever it is. 
Um, one of the one of the fruits of being in relationship with him through adoration is a is a comfort level in knowing that he is going to he is going to respond in a in a way that's that's best for us and best for the people that we're praying for and uh, and and all of those things. Right, right. Thy will be done. Right. Yeah. Well, excellent points, Father. Let's uh, let's take another phone call here. We've got Maureen who's calling in from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Maureen, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you, Patrick. You have the same name as my cousin and Father Wilson. I agree with everything you say. I read an article, and I'll mispronounce this, Alatisha or something, about adoration. It suggested breaking it into three 20-minute segments, not unlike what you were saying earlier. And in the first segment, it suggested we put ourselves in the place of St. John at the Last Supper with our head on the breast of Jesus and confide in him. And then taking a listening posture of being seated, we spend the next 20 minutes trying to listen for God. So I thought, I'm going to try that. So I knelt in prayer and tried to confide in God and then sat back and the scripture line, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, occurred to me. And with that, with social distancing, the lady a few rows in front of me, her phone rang. And I was saying, God, has a sense of humor because I think I would have dropped out if she turned around and said to me, it's for you. That's my story. Oh, thank, thank you, Maureen, for, for, for sharing that. That's a, again, I think that's a wonderful, that's a wonderful pattern for, for time in adoration. Um, again, I, I think that uh, in one of the notes that I made in preparation for today is we we oftentimes have a habit uh, in in prayer and and part of prayer is asking God for stuff. There's no doubt, you know, He wants us to uh, to to petition and to supplicate and to pray for our needs and 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 people. But but I think that um, too often for people, that's where prayer stops. Okay, God. You know, I've identified this need. Please, you know, please, please fulfill it. Uh, but there's so much more to our relationship with the Lord in terms of adoring Him, uh, allowing Him to love us, and and frankly, to to have it be a mutual relationship in which we're not just asking Him for stuff, but we're also listening for for His voice. And the uh, time in front of the Blessed Sacrament can be wonderful catalysts for. Uh, not just talking to the Lord, but listening to the Lord, and that that divided up time within the within the holy hour is a uh, is a great way to, to to do that. I also like the suggestion from the article of of simply resting in the presence of the Lord, and you know heaven knows that 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 people are stressed out for a lot of different reasons, physically exhausted, spiritually exhausted, emotionally exhausted. And sometimes sometimes you just need to you need to sit there and uh and rest in front of the Lord and and allow him to be that source of comfort and and rest and maybe nothing else. Maybe nothing else. And uh and to and to just receive that in your time uh your time with the Lord. So uh thanks for sharing and thanks for the um uh, the, the, the pointing out of those important um, uh, benefits and opportunities within uh, Eucharistic adoration for us. Yeah, and a wonderful, wonderful had a little humor in there. You're right, Maureen. I do believe uh, God does have quite the sense of humor and can uh, can really place those moments in our lives to help us remember that, but also great 
great advice too to um, to be ready to listen to the voice of the Lord and to um, to enjoy the silence that so frequently surrounds us in the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel. Well, Father Wilson, we only have uh, just over a couple, well, about around a couple minutes remaining here, and uh, maybe just as a last word of advice from you, Father, what about people who can't make it to the Adoration Chapel? What would you suggest they do maybe to uh, to meet with the Lord outside of His Eucharistic presence? Yeah, that's a that's a very good that's a very good question because obviously people there are mobility problems and mm-hmm. and access problems. Um, we're fortunate in our diocese that we have a lot of adoration chapels. Some some places don't have quite so many, uh, but I think taking the same principles that we have talked about in terms of a daily prayer life, um, putting ourselves spiritually in front of uh, spiritually in front of the Lord. Um, and uh, doing the kinds of things with the with the rest and the scripture and the conversation uh, and and the prayer that can be done anywhere. I mean, I think we I think we need to um, we need to emphasize that we can pray anywhere, and and we should take advantage of that. Uh, I also think I think that there's actually some online versions. I know that um, uh, there are, I, I I believe EWTN still has. Uh, benediction and, and and those sorts of things where we can, uh, even if we're not physically in the presence of the Lord, we can actually see uh, Him in the in in the Blessed Sacrament and and uh, in other places and online resources as well. Uh, wonderful. Well, our options, which is great. And Father Wilson, if we may, your blessing, please, as we close the show. Gracious and loving God, we're grateful for the gift of the presence of your Son, Jesus, in the Holy Eucharist. Help us to grow in our appreciation and our trust in it and in Him. And we bless our listeners and all of their families and all their needs, especially this time of growth and Lent, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Father Tom Wilson from All Saints in Lakeville, thank you so much for being our spiritual director today. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with Father Matt Seminar. And tomorrow, Father Dave Heaney. Come back and join us. We'll see you then.